born and raised here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. My name is Leslie Ryan. Um, I'm 30 now. Growing up, it was just kind of very a toxic home. A lot of abuse, a lot of addiction. Um, I was raised in a single mother, single family home. Um, my mother was very opposite of my father though, like very strict, stern, kind of box squared in a way. But she worked real hard, three, four jobs like at a time. Now my dad, on the other hand, opposite of it. He struggled with addiction, alcoholism, in and out of work, um, abuse with me, mainly other than my other siblings. I had a really troubled relationship with my mother. Um, still to this day, um, it's very touchy on that because of the things that I went through. Um, my mom was putting me in and out of the home. Um, I was emancipated at 15, and I kind of just, from 15, just kind of really took off. I started dancing when I was like 17. Um, I used my sister's ID actually getting in there. Um, from the age of 12, you know, I gotta pay bills, I gotta take care of myself, I gotta, I gotta live, I gotta survive. During that time, I, I didn't have places to live, like transportation like that. Um, I got a car, bought it from my best friend. Um, she was killed, and that was her vehicle. That was all I had left of her, and my mom took that, sold that car. So I was just kind of like relying on people from the clubs like places to go, transportation to get back and forth. I had met this one guy in the club I was working with out there. He was there all the time, um, every night. Like all the people in there knew him, like the bouncers and all, everybody made him just seem like a good person, like a good guy. Like if you need help, you could go, whatever. You, you can hit him up kind of thing. So she was like, well, we got a place, we got a room, we can run out to you, um, no problem. You know, we can come to pick you up tonight and everything too once you get your things together. So um, she was like, you know, we're staying here with him, this is his place, but it's like five bedrooms, there's a whole extra room, like you can have that one. So everybody just kind of was like, you know, he's cool, it's safe, like where are we all? Everybody was like, yeah, I stayed there before, yeah, I stayed there before, but kind of like none of these girls ever really stayed there. It was more so like he's paid the bouncers in there, some of the bouncers, um, even some of the other dancers in there that knew what he had going on, but just was like, you know, we'll just recruit girls for you, but we don't want no parts in that kind of thing. So it was like the whole club, even some of the bartenders was all like in a part of this, like with him, like everybody knew of him. Everybody was taken care of, paid off. Everybody just play these parts and these roles. So just girls coming in the club new that don't really know. Nobody knew where I was going. Like I hadn't had contact with my like family, friends from Fayetteville for like 
years at that point. Um, friends I did have, everybody was just like, oh, you're a dancer, oh, you're this and that, you know. It was just like, we don't want to be a part of that or whatever. So I was just kind of like, who am I going to call to tell them I'm going to this house or I'm going to meet up with this person? It was like nobody. So he takes and he's driving around the city and he's just like, oh, I got to go run and pick up something from my brother. And I was like, um, well, I mean, can you just drop me off with the girls like first? And he was like, well, I mean, it's right around the corner. So I'd rather just grab that. It's late before going in. And when I go in, I want to be in. So I was like, Okay, like, I understand that, all right. So we roll with him and he gets there and then he's like, reading his phone, he's like, oh, you wanna come up? Like, we're gonna smoke or whatever. I was like, no, nah, I'm cool, like, I'm tired. It's late, like, I'd rather just go put my stuff in and go to bed. And he's like, mm, all right, well, hold on. Well, go, come on up here, just come, like, it would just be just a second. I just gotta get some things, gotta get it together. So I said, are you just sitting out here in the car, like, So I go go in there, and as soon as we get to the floor of the hotel, like right, I just had a feeling like just don't don't go in there. The door opens and it's like pitch black. There's nobody even in there. He pushes me into the room. I was beat, I was raped, I was tied up, and I was thrown into the trunk. <laughs> and I drove around. I felt like forever, forever. It was probably like an hour though till we got to some location. I was blindfolded going in. When I got in, the windows was boarded, all shut. There was like 10 locks on the door to the bedroom. Like, so there was no access to the rest of the house. I had no idea where I was. I didn't have my phone anymore. I didn't have anything but one bag. Like, they took all of my other possessions, like my jewelry, my grandma gave me family photos of my dad, my mom, like things that I'll never get back ever again. I sat in that house for three months, watching him beat all the rest of the girls. There was like 10, 15 girls in the house. We all had to run off of two phones every day. We went to the locations. Every phone call we picked up, it was by gunpoint. Every phone call we had to pick up and put on a, act in a play, like, we love what we're doing. Like, this is what we do. Like, there's a whole gun to your head, though. Like, making sure that you say exactly, don't give them any feeling of nervousness, like, type things. Like, don't give any idea to this John that something's wrong. The rooms that we went to were all wired. There was microphones and cameras in the rooms. They knew the conversations that was going on. I remember like the first one that I went to and I tried to tell the man, I was trying to whisper it like to him. And the man started talking like loud, like what's going on? Like, what are you talking about? They hear the conversation and they come into the room. Like man doesn't even know what's happening. And he's just like, what the hell, whatever. And I'm just yanked out of the room, like beat and like told like, don't you ever do that again. We got your ID, we know your address, I know where your mother is, your family. If you ever try to like tell them that this is happening or whatever, we will go and kill your family. We will kill you, you see what's going on, like you see this, like 
it was just like a fear. And it was just like, all right, I don't want to put my family at risk of things. I don't, like, I see, like, these people are serious. Like, this stuff is happening all the time. Like, girls are coming and going out of the house, missing. Like, it was just things that happened to them. Like, we don't even know whatever happened to them things. So it was like, I just shut up, just did what I had to do. And then just went to bed by myself every night, just thinking of everything that I just kept doing. And it just became a routine, a pattern, like just a way of life. I had to check in with my mom. He was like, call your family after like a month and a half being there. He was like, call your family and let them all know that you've just been out on a binge, on a drug addiction and you're now coming back too, and you're okay, and you're fine, and don't worry about you. And I'm just like, I don't want to tell my mom and my family that. Like, it was like, you call them and you tell them that, or oh, we're going to kill you. Like, you don't have to worry about talking to them. You haven't even talked to them in over a month or so. Who know? They don't even know what's going on with you. So I call my mom, and they sat there with the guns to my head like they do when you take calls. And I had to sit there and laugh and talk to my mom like it was nothing wrong like it's a whole family of them the mom the sister the entire family is all involved in this watching over the home when he's gone watching over the girls getting our items, clothes, things like that. They would take us to the nail salon and put on a fake in front, like we were all just friends going out for a day brunch thing. And he would pay like the nail, people, the nail techs to just not pay it any mind. It, it was like his girlfriend there were the bottom or whatever. She was going to be an attorney, a lawyer, to fix all his cases and everything going on. So it was just like they were so networked into things. It just felt like there's just no getting out of here. She was talking to me and the other girls, and she was like, it's a sting operation. She was like, they picked me up from another, and like an investigator detective picked me up in there. She was like, he came and bailed me out before they could really come back and talk to me more. But so then we're just like, so that means that they might be onto this. They might be watching then. Maybe they'll know, like maybe they followed you here or something. Like we're just like hoping maybe this girl was working with them. She can tell them like where we're at or whatever. But nothing happened. Like weeks came past by. And then I had a date I had to go to. And I got up there and I'm into the room. Same room where they would take us to all the time. And I'm sitting there, and I got to get undressed, How just basically the whole routine and how it goes. While I'm undressed and all, the cop just lets me know, as he's undressed himself too as well, oh, this is the sting operation, um, you're under arrest. Like, get on, the, lay down, give me your hands. And I'm like, hell no. Like, I'm feeling like this is somebody else trying to rape me and beat me or whatever. Like, so I'm screaming, I'm freaking out then. He cuffs me and all, like, and opens the door up and lets these other normal clothes guys walk into the room. By then, like, I'm freaking out, like, I'm panicking, like, I don't know what's about to happen to me. 
like what else what else can happen to me now and it, but it really was this thing operation with it so he comes running up there he's got a gun under the trash can into the room and all he tries to go up there to get that thinking it's a john trying to just whatever but it was really the police so they get him they arrested him they put us in the car together though and while we're back there into the car he's like if you don't tell these people that you're my girlfriend and that you've been doing this willingly and that we're together and don't mention none of the rest of the girls or anything like that. Like, if you say anything else, just know that my people out here are going to go to your moms and are going to go to your family. And if I go down for this and you're a part of it, then they will kill your family. So he was just like, now smile at the cops and just act like we're back here, like as boyfriend or girlfriend kind of thing. Like, it was just, it was such a fog of like, what do I think? What do I do? Like, just a numb feeling of just not even being yourself, not having a voice, like, <laughs> being so close to being helped and still not even able to get help. So he got out on bond from that. Um, yeah, he got bond, he got out, and he basically just got to just continue on living normal. He had an operation from Florida all the way to New York. And so all from all the way down, he had victims in almost all the states. Um, he had different houses and locations, um, different women at the locations that were recruiting other women. He turned it into a modeling agency where that's where he ultimately got caught again in Florida. He's now doing life in prison for human trafficking. Um, his accomplices, the other women that were with him, um, he had other women beating other women and stuff like that. It, that kind of grew with him too. Like it just got bigger and bigger, like worse and worse with him. So the other girls got 15 years, 13 years for their um, involvement into it as well. Um, one of them actually started out as one of his victims and it she grew into doing it out to other people and other girls, feeling like maybe if I'm under him, this won't be as bad for me and I won't have to work, do this like this and it can be better for me if I'm under him and not do this to the other girls. If I help him do this, then it'll be different for me. They caught him by being doing the model agency thing. Another girl that he got out there, he had girls underage, um, 13, 12, 15, all the way on up to 30 years old. Like, but he had left a card with the girl and met her in the store, left the card with her and told him that he was doing a photo shoot and stuff and had invited her out to the shoot. Had the other girls contact her to tell her the location and all like that. So she let her dad know that she was going out to go do this modeling shoot and never came back. So her dad is the one who ended up looking for her and finding out and figuring it out. And he found the man and went to the authorities. They found other girls in the home other locations um, 
just other things tying them to just a whole ring operation of them going all the way up and down state lines like so he definitely got his life in prison with no chance of parole so I mean justice is kind of finally served in that sense with him but it's a it's a lot of victims with his situation and that just kind of made me look at it like this is really like bigger than what I'm realizing like I just remember growing up and just thinking like human trafficking is just like a child or somebody being snatched out of a store or on a playground or whatever and no it can be from 12 to 18 is the average age and all of them it it can be all the way up to you an adult like it, it goes on everywhere like we were going around town and nobody would notice because nobody thinks to look at these signs and you know look for it we're looking for something and it's not it's so broad like it comes in so many forms and like I, that's that's what I've seen like just so many different forms of it and being exposed to it then when I got back into the club and that kind of scene it just opened my eyes to the like it just made me start feeling like everybody is doing this like this is everywhere like so now when I, my kids like I'm paranoid everywhere with them like I hate I had two little girls because I just know the evil in this world his family also um, members of his family went down for their organization in it as well too as well as other establishments and things people that were involved with him people that he paid off yeah yeah and they he had been arrested for years you'll never you don't really know who it could be or anything it they definitely it's like wolves in sheep clothing um i feel like if you do have that lifestyle if you are dancing if you are um club hopping nightclubs any of that kind of thing um if you do like to party a lot with your friends go out to different places um bar hop restaurant hop any of that like they're everywhere they're watching everywhere and it's really no place safe other than you really got to be aware of your surroundings um just really watch everywhere you go pay attention to faces um watch for familiar faces i know um i like i said i seen him months like for months he was watching grooming um a lot of girls don't realize what grooming is too um some people will get you and make you feel safe comfortable make you feel like you know you're protected you're okay like the rest of the world just can't touch you and then all of a sudden one morning it's totally different like that's called grooming um pay attention to their friends their family their movements what they do um even if it hasn't got to that kind of level with them if you notice what's going on with them then you can kind of know and foresee what is going to go on in your future with them um also just don't be so trusting to any and everybody especially in a club scene and things like that um i jumped in there very young and just head first dived in um i didn't have a support system of people with me um i feel like 
definitely whenever if you're starting in it or anything like that if you're not familiar with your environment bring people with you don't go alone um have somebody sitting there with you and just kind of watch over you as well like so then also you're not tempted to leave with somebody else go home with somebody else like don't leave the clubs with people don't go home with them like as much as people will say it's okay you don't know so unless you really know these people like don't just take somebody's word for it